Hey, it's Mo Egger. If you're a college basketball fan, you're going to love Long Neck Sports Grill. There are three locations in Northern Kentucky, Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Each one of them has 4K TVs all over the place. And at Long Necks, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And the menu at Long Necks is awesome, but you've got to try their wings. No matter who your team is, you'll find them at Long Necks. This college basketball season, swing by Long Neck Sports Grill. Stay late. Come often. The uh, red-hot start to the FC Cincinnati season has been a blast. Uh, Hopefully it continues tomorrow. Uh, They're in the midst of a whole bunch of home games over the next uh, five or six weeks. And an interesting tilt against uh, Philadelphia Union. Tons of different storylines, tons of connections. Obviously, these two teams uh, met with each other in the postseason last year. Uh, Chris Whittingham is uh, calling the game for MLS Season Pass. And uh, nice enough to give us a few minutes tonight. It's uh, it's good to have you, Chris. Uh, First of all, uh, congrats on the role, man. I've been following your career for a while, and uh, to move into this gig is pretty cool. So uh, congrats. What's it been like? Much appreciated. Yeah, it's been uh, incredible. I've largely uh, worked so far in my career in MLS, but uh, largely for places where you don't get to go to the games in person and you're calling games off TV. And then I've worked on European leagues and other domestic leagues where everything is it's off tube, as they say. Hmm. And so to get the chance to travel around the country and see great soccer cities like Cincinnati, where I'll be heading this weekend, has been uh, a real joy. So uh, I've, I've loved every second of it. All right, let me ask you this. You're a Miami guy. Miami's in the Final Four last week. You're calling a match, oh. I think, between Orlando and Nashville. How did you pull that off? <laughs> uh, well, thankfully, by the time I was done, it was about – five minutes to play in the first half and the Orlando city stadium is like right in the middle of downtown. So I could like run off to a bar and catch the second half. Now I guess the bad bit is that Miami basically effectively lost the game long before I was able to get to a TV, (laughs) but you know, the, the way to pull it off, honestly, Mo is to use the do not disturb function on all of your devices. Yes. Uh, I would do that. I would do that anyway when I'm calling a game just because, I don't want anybody distracting me, but especially required for a game when your alma mater is in the national championship. Well, as as a University of Cincinnati basketball fan, I, I don't know that I'll ever have a team in the Final Four, but if ever that's the case, I'll uh, I'll heed that advice. Let's let's talk about the the tilt you have tomorrow, FC Cincinnati. Uh, the expectations for this team, based on on the way they played at the end of the year this year, have have obviously been heightened. I think so far, however, they have exceeded even the most optimistic projections, and now they're atop the the Eastern Conference table. I I. I think they're good. I know they're better defensively. They've won low goal games, which they couldn't do last year. From your vantage point, how good are they? I think it, it sort of it is a work in progress. It's funny that you're coming off a game, a 1-0 win over Miami, in which in some ways the mood around the camp was a little negative uh, just because Pat Noonan, after the game, told uh, the Apple TV MLS 360 crew that he didn't really feel that positive about the performance, that he didn't feel like, the team really played that well that they could play much better than they did and they turned the ball over too much and they just weren't up for it and yet they managed to get the one goal from a set piece and you win. Now, the remarkable thing is that in any previous time in FC Cincinnati's history, it's, wow, we won. So, and, and who cares how you do it? But I think that Pat Noonan is clearly setting a higher standard and that's a fairly remarkable thing for this club. So I think that should overall be encouraging. I think the biggest thing when you look at the team is you have Luciano Acosta on two assists, 
and you have Brandon Vasquez and Brenner on one goal apiece. So that front three that was so prolific that produced two best 11 players, and honestly, were enough for the fact that they played on the seven on the same team, they might have produced three best 11 players uh, in those three guys. I think when those guys fully get going, you'll see this team truly hit its potential. If Matt Miazga and the addition of Yersin Mosqueda and the emergence of Roman Celentano in goal have actually solidified the defense, that is remarkable. And the, and the addition of uh, Wobodo as well, who's been brilliant, albeit will probably be out this weekend uh, for FC Cincinnati. If you've actually solidified the defense, that's amazing. And then if you have that platform to then bring those two strikers and Acosta along, you can only imagine that they will retain their place at the top of the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I, I think that's the interesting thing about this team. The goals really haven't come at the pace that we expected, and yet they, they haven't lost a match yet. Uh, you could speak to this far better than I, but, you know, last season it felt like they either had to outscore people, which, you know, to be fair, late in the season they did, or uh, on, on, on defense it was just simply hope the other team made a mistake and capitalize on it. This year it feels like defensively they've gotten really good at creating mistakes at, at forcing teams out of out of what they want to try to do and and if that if that remains the case all season long then it feels like the sky's the limit for sure and i i think that's also part of the model i you, you talk about generating turnovers from press i do think that's a lot of what the philadelphia hierarchy wanted to bring in when they moved to cincinnati and albright and in pat noonan that was the system they ran in philadelphia that's the system they still run in philadelphia and come up against this weekend it's it, it, frankly, a lot more German in principle in terms of having narrow midfield shapes and two strikers up top. The goal is to generate turnovers and then from there uh, go on and, and create quick goals. That's the German pressing model that was pioneered by Ralf Ranick in the late 2000s that has made its way around the world, including to Philadelphia. And I honestly thought that when those two guys moved over to Cincinnati, that's what we would see. But I think fair play to those guys they've adjusted to the personnel that they had they knew they had to get something out of Brenner uh and had to get something out of Brandon Vasquez and Acosta and these guys that they brought in and so they generated a system around it and have actually done a fairly remarkable job of turning over the results without fully implementing their identity I imagine over time maybe they move away from the back three and start to find center backs that can play out of a four and fullbacks that can play out of a four but given the current construction of the squad you have to play this way but maybe you start to integrate your, your principles bit by bit and I think that's what we're starting to see and maybe that will take some bit of transition last year it was so easy at times for them to go and score goals now when you're integrating a, a pressing system to make yourself more solid defensively it might not be as perfect going forward but I think that's ultimately what the early MLS season is about uh, I was listening to MLS Extra Time, uh, the, the the podcast, and they were saying that scoring is down about a half a goal per game from last year so far. And I think it's because we're seeing teams implementing systems and coming along from an attacking sense. And Cincinnati have come on top of all that because they're winning games while going through those seeding problems. Chris Whittingham is with us from uh, MLS Season Pass. He's got the match tomorrow along with Lori Lindsay, FC Cincinnati, hosting uh, Philadelphia Union. Uh, your first time in Cincinnati, your first visit to TQL. Uh, give me some background there. So I have actually been to TQL before. I was uh, in town for the USA-Mexico World Cup qualifier. Right. Uh, which is a hell of a time, a hell of a time to come. I, I, I stayed... Uh, in an Airbnb right by the stadium, and uh, it was really cool the, the the walk over to the stadium because you could actually genuinely walk over there. And the atmosphere that night was absolutely incredible. Still, one of the very coolest atmospheres I've experienced in any sport. And Cincinnati, I think, proved 
how strong they are as a soccer city with their performance as fans that night. And that night was incredible. You had the 2-0 win. Mexico were hopeless. The U.S. were amazing. And I, I genuinely enjoy my time in Cincinnati. Not that, like, you know, your city needs defending. But when I tell you I'm going to Cincinnati, <laughs> like, oh, you know, maybe you, can, maybe you can go to another city. I go, I had a great time in Cincinnati. I loved it. I, every restaurant I went to, every bar I went to, every soccer game I went to was a great time. So I absolutely love coming. And I'm going to be happy because last time I went as a fan, uh, I'm going to be happy this time to see what the, the, the guts of the stadium look like as it were and, and going into the press box and going into the broadcast booth. It's a beautiful stadium. Uh, I have not been to all of them in Major League Soccer. I hope to hit most of them this year with MLS season pass. Uh, but I, I have been there before from an outside perspective, and it looks sensation. Well, the weather is going to be better than it was that night, and uh, hopefully the, the match lives up to the billing. It, it should be a lot of fun. Obviously, and, and you put this on your social media, I mentioned it at the top, FC Cincinnati and uh, the Philadelphia Union, there, there's a lot of commonality with Chris Albright and Pat Noonan, obviously two clubs that, that played against each other in the postseason last year. Uh, as as you talk about the matchup itself tomorrow, give me, give me an idea of some of the storylines that you and Lori will be tapping into. I think that's a huge part of it, uh, just the, the shared connection, the shared identity that these two clubs have, and how remarkable it is that these you, you see often basically clubs get poached, or in, in an American sports context, you know, the Patriots have had all their assistance taken for the last 20 years, and then they struggle to recreate it wherever they go. I find it remarkable that it's the number two in the coaching staff and the number two in the front office, and they've managed to recreate a successful model and have kind of done it in their own way. I think that's a huge story. But to me, I think the biggest story from a playing standpoint that we'll be talking about is the way that Philadelphia approached this game, because they're in the middle of the CONCACAF Champions League, which for your listeners is the competition that pits all the best teams in this part of the world. Usually by this stage, it's largely a contest between the Mexican League and MLS. And the only matchup that actually in the quarterfinal round it's an MLS team against the Liga MX team is Philadelphia going against Atlas from Guadalajara. And so you have a team that played on Tuesday night and plays again next midweek, traveling to altitude, about 5,000 feet in the air, where they're going to play the Estadio Jalisco. And so how are Philadelphia going to balance the game, considering it's an important game in the league? They've not gotten off to a very good league start after winning the conference last year. And so how are Philadelphia going to approach the game to try and get a result or get something from this game? I think Cincinnati might actually be fairly decently placed to do so because Philadelphia had this other competition to worry about. You imagine at some point they'll right the ship and will certainly comfortably make the playoffs, if not host a playoff game. So I think Cincinnati have a genuine opportunity based off of this. You can call it a distraction, but in some ways, it's what MLS teams play for. Hmm. You succeed that you can go on to play in Champions League. You can go on to be crowned the best team in this region. Philadelphia have genuine hopes of doing that, and I think they're going to take this game coming up next midweek very seriously, and I think it could present an opportunity for Cincinnati. Should be a great atmosphere tomorrow night. Enjoy your stay in Cincinnati. Have a great call. Hopefully we can do it again, Chris. Thank you so much. Much appreciated, Mo. Have a good one, sir. Hey, it's Mo Egger. If you're a college basketball fan, you're going to love Long Neck Sports Grill. There are three locations in Northern Kentucky, Wilder, Hebron, and Richwood. Each one of them has 4K TVs all over the place. 
And at Long Necks, the sound is on for every big game. Plus, no place has a better beer selection. And the menu at Long Necks is awesome, but you've got to try their wings. No matter who your team is, you'll find them at Long Necks. This college basketball season, swing by Long Neck Sports Grill. Stay late. Come often.